Hello and welcome to The Graph. I'm your host, Joe Allgood. And before I begin, I would like to say that this episode will not follow the typical format of previous episodes. This episode accompanies the special print edition of the graphic entitled Remembering Our Girls. Both this episode as well as the special edition are meant to provide a greater space to remember and honor the lives of Deslin Williams, Peyton Stewart, Neve Rolston, and Asha Weir. As you listen, I hope that this episode can help you and the Pepperdine community in honoring and remembering our girls. Before we begin uh, in talking about the profiles in the special edition, uh, joining me is managing editor Samantha Tory, who uh, has overseen the graphic and oversaw the production of this special edition, along with the help of many, many others, um, too, too many to name. But um, Samantha, you've said this before, but this is a edition that I'm sure no journalist, no student journalist especially ever wants to have to make. And it's unfortunate that it is the case. Um, as, as managing editor, what is your hope and what is the graphics hope in creating this edition for the community? Yeah. So as you kind of mentioned, like this isn't an edition that you ever kind of want to have to do. Um, but at the same time, like it is because we're journalists and because we're student journalists and because we are a part of the Pepperdine community, like we have a responsibility. Um, and we also kind of have the privilege to be a part of this community as it, um, as like peers, classmates, friends, um, and just kind of be a part of the community, like as it's, you know, kind of mourning and reacting and adjusting. Um, because sometimes like other like news outlets that come on to campus and report on this, they leave. Right. Um, and we wanted to make sure like we were showing first, like who these four girls were, that they were and are valued, very important members of the community and that they have impact on this community that goes far beyond. Um, yeah. So just kind of trying to show like who they were, like how the people they knew loved them, how much love there was and is for them. Um, So we want to kind of just tell their stories, but also tell the story of the community. And as you're writing a profile and you'll see as we talk about these profiles, like you can't speak to everyone, you can't get every source. So we wanted to open this up to the community so that people can share um, their voices, their memories. So we got some beautiful community contributions. Like we got poems, we got letters. And then we also have in the edition, you'll see, um, are these blank pages mm. or a blank page. And what they are is for anyone who has a memory of these four girls or who wants to just kind of write something, but maybe didn't want to like send it out and have it out there and published. It's just for you to kind of write almost like a yearbook, like your memory to have and to keep. Um, so, yeah, like we wanted to really acknowledge like how this is felt like throughout Pepperdine. And that's kind of our hope um, to show like their stories and also like the story of the community in the weeks after. Yeah. 
thank you for the work that goes into it. And, uh, thank you for your work personally and, and in this community. And thank you for the insight into that. To begin with, I am here with Senior Perspectives editor Victoria LaFerla, who wrote a profile on Deslin Williams. And uh, thank you, of course, for being here, Victoria. Thank you for having me. Um, and I just wanted to open this up with uh, asking you, on writing a piece like this, what were the significant aspects of reporting and what you learned and, and heard? Well, I had a great honor to write the remembrance profile for Deslin. Um, and initially I was, I had, I was a little nervous to write something so emotional and so personal, um, right after, um, this horrible, um, incident occurred, but I felt like it was my opportunity to give back to those that really were close to Deslin. Um, and some of my friends were extremely close and had formed such beautiful relationships with her during their time at Pepperdine. So this was really just a way to um, be there for them in that way um, and, and hear their stories and hear their memories with her and just be the one that could share them. Um, and I hope that um, this is something that they can hold on to and something that's tangible um, to see that their memories are, are with them forever. Yeah, beautifully said, and thank you so much for taking this on and the challenges therein. Um, just looking through the story, I'm seeing pictures and quotes and um, just the breadth of how important Deslin was to her community and her friends. Obviously, there are you know restrictions to the page and, and how much can be included and things that can't be said over the written word. So was there anything that you would like to share that wasn't able to make it on the page or just can't be shared uh, written? Yes, definitely. I mean, there were countless stories, countless memories that people shared with me. Um, and yes, there's a number count, but these memories will always be with these girls, regardless if they were not able to be printed in the paper. Um, but one that touched me because... I'm from the East Coast, and I came all this way to Pepperdine. Um, what related to me was a story that I heard about Deslin, about how she moved from Georgia um, during COVID um, and, like, left her family, came all the way here, moved in with friends that she wasn't um, super close with yet at the time. And it just showed a lot of her courage, how courageous she was, how brave and um, how willing she was to just meet new people and start a new chapter in her life. Um, and I, I really related with that and found it um, really inspirational. Additionally, there was this one story that my friend Georgia Puckett shared with me um, that I think is in a different profile, but um, just highlights how wonderful of a person Deslin really was with her friends. Um, so Georgia decided to come back from her study abroad program in Switzerland and surprise all the AP girls on the pier. And as she was walking on the pier that day, 
um, one of her friends tapped Deslin, like told her to turn around or something like that. And as soon as they made eye contact, Deslin just burst into like the happiest tears, Georgia said. And it was just the most beautiful moment. And um, memories like that is is really what keeps Deslin's um, love and heart alive um, and the memories of Pepperdine and, and all her friends. And those were just a couple instances, but I know that there are so many more. Well said, and, and it's such a beautiful memory. Um, unfortunate, it's unfortunate that not all of those can be included, and I'm sure there are many out there who have memories of Deslin that will continue to be shared in, in their own special ways. But thank you for the contribution you've made to this piece and, and to the edition as a whole, um, and for your work in, in remembering Deslin. Thanks, Joe. Joining me now is Life and Arts editor Yamila Hurtado, who um, also wrote the profile on Peyton Stewart. Thank you so much for being here, Yamila. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for your work on this profile and on the edition as a whole. I know a lot went into it, and uh, and it's, it's very meaningful. So uh, let's just start, um, and I'll ask you simply, what, uh, what were the significant aspects of writing this profile the reporting, the things you heard, you felt, you learned about Peyton and everything that went into it? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest part that went into this profile was doing the interviews and first figuring out, okay, who can I interview? Who would want to be interviewed? And also, I think that was also hard because obviously with a story like this, you don't want to leave anyone out, but you also at least for the printed pages, you are limited in how many words you can say, which sucks because no amount of words can fully capture a person. Um, And so I think I, when figuring out who I wanted to interview, I first went with, okay, who are my friends that were really close to her? Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of my closest friends are Tanya Yarian and Kalai Kia'ina, and they studied abroad with Peyton in London. And then from there, um, I was like, who else studied abroad with Peyton, who was really close with her? And so then I thought of Zach Tapp and J.C. Hoy and Alina Sanchez. Um, And then I was like, okay, so these are the people she went abroad with. Who are the people she she was with in her sorority? And so then um, with the help of Joe, I got in touch with, Peyton's little, and then through Charlie Robinson, I got in touch with Kelly Peterson, her other little. Um, And I think they gave me a really valuable perspective just who Peyton was as a mentor, like a friend and a mentor. Um, And so I thought that was really special. Um, And then through Tanya, I was able to get a hold of Kathleen Stewart, Peyton's little sister, um, and Peyton's boyfriend, Raul Wadwani. and I, I really wanted to include as many people outside of Pepperdine as I could and who wanted to speak um, because obviously they know Peyton in a different environment and in a different way. And Kathleen obviously grew up with Peyton her whole life. And so she, yeah. it's her sister. You know, there's no other perspective better than that. Um, so, yeah, I think that was like the most special part is doing the interviews and also just trying to figure out how to handle them with care and how to ask 
the right questions and making sure they were as comfortable as they were or as they could be in a time like this. Um, I think that was my favorite part. I knew Peyton, but I didn't know her as well as a lot of other people. And so being able to sit in these interviews and hear all these stories I otherwise wouldn't have known or like hear all these different parts of who she was really meant a lot to me. And I felt like through these people, I was able to learn more about her and like feel connected to her and to some sense feel close to her. Um, Yeah. So I think that was really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many voices in this. It's um, like you said, so hard to capture. There's there's not enough. There's not a number of words that you can put on things like these. Given that's the case, given that there's things that, you know, don't make it on the page or things that can't be communicated through the written word, what, what if anything, would you like to share or that maybe didn't make it that uh, people should know? Yeah, I think there are a couple stories that come to mind that I really wish I could have been able to put in the article. Um, And so something that came up a lot in the interviews was just how pure Peyton's heart was and how big it was and how with every interaction she had with people, she just moved with such immense kindness and consideration for others. Um, And there's this one story that Tanya Yarian shared with me, and it was a time where they... The group of girls, so there was a group of roommates that all lived together in London. And so um, on one of their travels together, they went to Disneyland Paris. Um, and in the article I mentioned, I mentioned that briefly, but I mentioned a story that J.C. Hoy had said. But Tanya Yarian shared another story about that day. And Tanya said that she was feeling really sick and she was like feeling really nauseous. So then she ended up having to go to like the special care at Disneyland. Hmm. Um, and... Tanya like felt really bad and she didn't want anyone else's experience to like kind of be affected by like her not feeling good. So she was like, guys, like go do whatever you want. Like I'm here and I'm fine. Um, But she said Peyton was like so willing to stay with her and so willing to just like be with her and like take care of her um, and like be her support. And that like she did not care at all about missing any rides or like missing out on her own experience in a place that she has never been before like that didn't matter to her yeah and I think that is like one of the biggest parts of Peyton's character that I learned about was that she was always there for the people in her life no matter how big or how small it was like she always at the core of who she was she wanted to be there for other people um and so then like Tanya was saying that they just like spent a little bit of time together and then they ended up going on all the little kitty rides that like they probably otherwise wouldn't have gone on. Um, and that Peyton was like more than happy to be there for her. Um, yeah. And I think that just shows who Peyton was so perfectly and so beautifully. Another story is um, one that Kalati shared with me and Peyton loved a celebration, whether it was a tea party or a birthday party or going out to dinner to celebrate whatever success that her friends had had. She, like, always wanted to do that. And so Kalai was saying that for her 21st birthday last year, Peyton – oh, no, no, sorry. It was during abroad, three-year abroad, for Kalai's 20th birthday. Peyton wanted to do something really special for her, and so she baked Kalai's favorite cake, which is Funfetti cake. 
and she like put all this effort into like creating a party and whatever and Kalai had just met her like that August yeah and here she was like three months later Kalai's birthday is in November and Peyton was like going above and beyond for this girl um and Kalai said it was like everything to her to have someone mm-hmm. like love her so deeply in such a short amount of time and who like would who was so willing to just like celebrate her and make her feel special um and Kalai said Peyton was so concerned of how the cake <laughs> tasted and like was so scared that it wasn't going to taste good and was like really nervous about that um but Kalai like didn't care she was just like you are doing such a beautiful thing for me like I don't care what this cake tastes like like you are doing more than enough mm-hmm. um and that's something a lot of people said about Peyton is that she did way more than she ever needed to in like the best way possible she just yeah. like went above and beyond for everyone in her life any any instance where she could have made someone feel special she took it yeah. and made them feel like even more special yeah 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 she went the extra mile for her friends and and others yeah. well uh thank you so much for sharing those stories and the things uh, that you heard and, and learned about Peyton and then for the what went into the story um, and for remembering Peyton, helping to do that. So, And thank you for being here, Emil. Thank you for having me, Joe. Joining me now is managing editor Samantha Torrey. And uh, she, obviously, Sam, you've been here many times, so thank you for coming back on the podcast here. Thank you for having me. Yes, and uh, thank you for your contributions to this edition, as well as uh, what we'll be talking about right now, the profile on Neve Rolston. So to begin, what about this profile and your reporting that went into it? What are the significant aspects, the things that you've either learned or felt or experienced in your reporting and hearing about Neve? Yeah, so kind of when you're doing a story like this, like these are stories you hope you never have to write. Um, but in writing them, like you, it's such an honor and it's such a privilege um, because you get to know um, a little bit about the person that you're profiling and also how they impacted the people around them. And something that really shone through in this um, was just how like open Neve was and how much people really like what came through was like felt safe with her. Like she was someone who they said like they could come to her with anything or she like showed them how to efficiently and openly and compassionately communicate was what her childhood friend, Mila Harkness said. Um, And Mila talked about how now she's a communications major and how thanks to like her friendship with Neve, she really understands like the importance of communication, which I thought was just such a beautiful um, piece. Um, also, something that kind of came through in the story was how much Neve liked to make people laugh. Um, mm. So I think every single source I interviewed kind of mentioned like she had a great laugh. It was great to hear her laugh. Like um, Emily Chase, who's a senior reporter for the Graphic, she um, and he were friends, and she mentioned how like. Whenever Neve would laugh, I would laugh because mm. she was like, regardless of if I was laughing at her or with her, she just had a great laugh. So just little um, 
stories too. Like something else that comes through this is just little stories you might not have heard otherwise. Like for example, um, there is a story about how she got her name and you know, all of that. There was also a story about like her out of sleep, but like, you know what I mean? Like just fun mm -hmm. um, little anecdotes that are honestly like, I think some of my favorite parts of the article are like those anecdotes. Yeah. You know, with, with each of these profiles, you see so much of their character shine through, especially Neve uh, in this particular one. So are there things that maybe weren't able to be included that you would like to uh, talk about or uh, just things that stood out to you? Yeah, so there were a few quotes that didn't make it in that I really loved. Um, one of them is from her friend, Brianna Labe, who's a student at Grazia Dio, and she just kind of said, like, Neve Wilson is everything light, happy, kind, and more. And I just thought that was such a beautiful quote um, that, you know, that's something I wish made it in. Um, another kind of thing that stood out um, was the story about how Neve got her name. Her dad spoke about it at the memorial service, yeah. and he kind of talked about, like, the myth that it was based on um, or the folktale that it was based on. Mm -hmm. And I read it, like, because I was like, oh, I want to see if there's anything extra I can put in here. Um, and it's just, it's a really sweet, like, beautiful story, and I wish, like, more of that kind mm -hmm. of um, made it in. Yeah, yeah, I remember that that story that he told at the memorial, so touching. Well, uh, in general, whether it's something that's already in the profile or maybe didn't, uh, didn't make it, but um, is there a quote or something that was said that stood out to you personally, a favorite or, or just stands out for its own reasons? Yeah, so Emily Chase um, had this one quote and she said, um, they should remember her as a person to walk with a person who brought joy to everybody she met. They should smile when they think of her because she left such an impact on the people that she loved and loved her. And that ended up being like, I brought part of that quote for the title of the article. And I just thought that was such a beautiful um, way to describe Neve um, yeah. and really summed up like what everyone had told me. Um, something else that really stood out out to me um, was like what kind of things reminded them of Neve. For example, there were things like the song Purple Rain because she, um, I guess, really liked purple mm -hmm. and <laughs> cherries and like she was a silver jewelry girl. So like those little details, I think, really stood out. And then Emily Chase had another really good quote and that's kind of near the end. And it's, I see Neve and people smiling, laughing because she just had the most infectious laughter. Like when she was laughing, there was no way you're not laughing. And I think I talked about that before, but just like the idea of seeing um, Neve and people smiling, I thought was just so beautiful. So yeah, I'd say those are the standouts. Yeah. And so, so beautifully said each of those. Well, thank you for writing this and for capturing Neve's memory and her character and for joining us today. Of course. And finally, joining me is executive editor, Abby Wilt who did a couple stories for this edition, but one of them was a profile on Asha Weir. Thank you so much for being here, Abby. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your work in this edition and this profile. I just want to open it up and, and ask you, as I've asked all the others, what were the significant aspects of reporting on this story, profiling Asha, what you learned and what you 
even felt and saw in your process? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I saw through reporting on Asha was everyone I talked to, whether it was her professors, her friends, her employers, her employers, her family, um, they all said the same things about her. They all said that Asha was very wise, that she was just had a very like gentle spirit and was very hopeful and also just very like a deep thinker and was willing to be vulnerable and share her thoughts and her wisdom with the world. And I felt like that was something that was unique because it's hard to be the same person in several different settings. And Asha definitely was. Um, she was just like a very pure soul that everyone seems to have recognized and realized and I recognized through knowing her. So she was creative. She was a writer. She just really like loved the people around her so well and was so present in each moment. Um, and I think all of that was really like conveyed through the people I talked to. So it was, um, it's obviously hard to write a story like this and be able to have to try to capture someone in, you know, less than 2000 words. But, um, I just, I hope that the edition overall captures her as a person. Is there anything that you maybe had to omit or, um, things that can't be communicated just through the words that you would like to include, uh, in reporting on this? Yeah, I think a lot of little stories that I learned about Asha, I couldn't necessarily write them all on the page, but a lot of the sources and friends that I talked to just had the silliest stories about her and like stories that really showed how kind she was. Like one of her friends, um, she had met her that day, EB, I interviewed her and she um, said like the second after they met, um, Asha like went to the store, brought EB donuts and just like dropped them off at her house. And I was like, that's so kind. Like, who does that? So there was a lot of little stories like that or stories of Asha just, like, loving her dog. She loved Point Doom. She Everyone mm -hmm. talked about that. She always was at Point Doom. Another thing I feel like that was really conveyed is she was really good with kids. Um, a lot of the professors and um, her, like, boss that I talked to all said she was a good babysitter. She loved kids, um, that she was somebody that people wanted their kids to be around and learn from. Um, mm -hmm. And I think like one of the other big things that I tried to convey in my writing, but that didn't really come out was how good of a writer she was. Um, she had sent like some of my sources texts that she had written that were just beautiful. Like everything that she wrote that came out of her mouth that she thought was so beautiful. And um, you can't necessarily put that all in a story about her, but she just had like beautiful poems and, texts and writing and advice. Um, I think all of that just really does sum up like how wise she really was. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for including those things. And, uh, and then is there a, a quote or, uh, something that stands out, uh, maybe a favorite of yours personally in this? One of the quotes that really stood out to me that one of my sources had said, um, her name is Kate. And she said that her and Asha's friendship was just very peaceful to her and that at one of Asha's like greatest strengths was reminding herself and her friends to give them grace. So, um, so Kate said this. she said, she would always remind me that life is so short. She reminded me it's so important to take the times when you're stressed and when you need grace the most to lean into that grace. And I thought that was like a quote that was really, um, kind of encaps encapsulated Asha really well. Cause she really did live each day. Like her life was short and she said that in so many of her poems and so many of her writings that I've read since is she was like my life every day 
is for me to love others and love myself and give grace to myself and give grace to others and remind them to do the same. So I felt like that quote just really encapsulated who she was as a person. Mm, wow. That is beautiful. And, and so, yeah, like you said, encapsulating. Well, thank you for this profile and thank you for uh, adding what you've added here and uh, to the special edition as well. And before we conclude this episode, I wanted to ask Abby, who's still here with me, about the uh, next story in the print layout, but uh, one of the stories in this edition, which is about, more broadly, the Pepperdine community and um, and how it's responded to the events of these last couple of weeks. So the story, the article is titled Leaning on Each Other, How the Pepperdine Community is Coming Through Grief. And so to begin with, Abby, I wanted to ask, how did this story take shape? What was your goal in writing it and the topics that you wanted to cover? So, yeah, this story really came to be right after the accident took place on Wednesday morning when the community had just found out about the girls. And obviously there was a lot of different emotions going on on campus. It was just a really, really heavy, heavy morning and sad time for Pepperdine. And right after um, I found out, I got a text from someone in my life who said, the best thing about Pepperdine in these moments is that the community will come together through grief and they'll lean on each other and support each other. Hmm. And that really stuck out to me because I was like, we all love Pepperdine for a lot of different reasons. But at the end of the day, it really is, at least for me, I love Pepperdine because of the people in it. And because I know that if something like this happens, we're all there for each other and we're all going to be able to support each other and lean on each other. Um, when something so tragic happens. And I feel like I've read a lot of stories about the community coming together after Borderline and Woolsey. So then when I received that text, I was like, okay, this is another one of those moments where the community is what's going to be most important moving forward. And so I really wanted to talk to different people on campus who had kind of seen that happen, which is why I decided to interview Tim Spivey and Brittany Skinner. Um, Tim Spivey is the Associate Vice President of Spiritual Life. So he was really involved with the healing process, the memorials, the students, and then Brittany Skinner works in student affairs. So she had been talking with the girls' families and their roommates and their friends. And so they both really had a good perspective on the school as a whole and how the community as a whole was grieving. And they both said just the same thing that I think something Tim Spivey said that really stood out to me was he said the culture at Pepperdine is already here and we have a really strong culture, but sometimes in the day-to-day going back and forth to classes and going to the calf, you don't realize how intentional and how caring people are until you get to a time of tragedy. And then you realize how great the community and the culture here at Pepperdine is. Well, yeah, I think so many of those things that you've already mentioned stood out to me as well. Um, The way that people have been here for each other, especially as you mentioned, Tim Spivey and Brittany Skinner. Um, We've seen a lot of them and uh, they have certainly been incredible in their roles as uh, comforting this community and um, guiding us, helping to guide us through it. Years from now, when people will certainly look back on this year and these events, I think this is one of the stories that will stick out in this um, edition and the things that are said here. What do you think? may be important to remember and and see in this story and this edition in general, if you'd like to add that when we look back years from now. 
I think when we look back years from now, there's a couple of things that stand out in the story that I think we'll remember. And first off, it's that the community really did love these girls. They were highly involved, highly achieving in the Pepperdine community, and everyone knew them in some way. They all had seen Deslin on campus or seen Asha's writing. So I feel like um, the campus itself and the community itself just really loved these girls. But also, I think something that people will be able to take from this and remember from this is that the community is going to come together and find hope even in really dark times. Um, I think that there's already little snippets of hope that people are finding from this. Not at all that they've expected this or want this at all, but the Pepperdine community is looking for good and looking to be able to rely back on their faith and take this as a moment of leaning on their faith and leaning on each other. And I think that's a story that they'll be able to tell years from now and they'll be able to tell the stories of how professors have been checking in with their students and how professors have been mentoring their students and how students themselves have just been learning to take care of each other and take care of themselves above all of the little day-to-day responsibilities of life that can get in the way. But instead they're really like prioritizing people and prioritizing relationships and prioritizing just being there for each other um, rather than the simple tasks of life that we sometimes get caught up in. Well said. And uh, certainly things that I hope that whoever is looking back on this, maybe 20, 30, 40, however many years from now, uh, we'll be able to see. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we conclude here? Yeah, I think that one other thing is um, you can really tell through this how special the Pepperdine community really is. I think if this would have happened at a bigger school like USC or UCLA, it would have been awful and tragic and so sad. But here our community is so tight knit and so small that it makes an event like this really make each other lean on each other rather than um, just leaning on a certain group of friends. So I think this really has shown how special and how unique the Pepperdine community is and how close they really do come together for moments like this. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so often said that Pepperdine's a small community. Everyone knows everyone, which has its pros and its cons. But in a time like this, you really see some of the best that a small community like this has to offer. Yes, you definitely, I think the best of everyone has come out in the way that they've really loved each other and checked in on each other. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, telling us a bit more about this story. If you haven't seen the edition or read it, please uh, go find a copy and um, take a look at it. As always, thank you for listening. But more importantly, thank you for being a part of the Pepperdine community, whatever shape that may take. As we come to a close, I would like to invite you to take just a moment to remember and reflect. I'm Joe Allgood, and this is The Graph.